Hello, dear listeners. We are back after what feels like a few months, but I think it has only only <laughs> been a couple of months uh, after a lot of really good intentions. My name is Silke Ahrens, and I'm being joined by the wonderful Andrew McAllister, all hey, the way Silke. from Australia. Hey. <laughs> it is so good to sit down and do this again, i got to say. Yes, I agree. I agree. We attempted many a time, but for one reason or another, it just uh, it just didn't happen. So I'm very excited about this as well. Mm, yeah. So uh, in true mental manager uh, tradition, um, why don't we start off by uh, getting a quick summary of of how you're doing, Silke? I'm actually I'm I'm doing good. So I would say. I can't even remember. Do we do a scale of one to five? I think yeah, so. Yeah, let's do. Let's do one to five <laughs> right. mental manager thumbs ups. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say I'm, today I'm probably about a four in sort of, you know, mental health, happiness space. I have to say I, I am pretty tired and exhausted though. It's It's been a an exhausting couple of months, but I am I'm back in a good headspace, I would say. How about yourself? Um. Today, not so good. I, I mean, the last few months, like you say, have been quite challenging, but I, and I've been coping really very, very well on a whole. But today just has felt like one of those days where uh, I don't know everything and everyone that has a strong opinion or needs something or has their own little personal crisis going on has all kind of accumulated and. Um, landed all in, in, in one day. So uh, for the first time in a very, very, very long time today, I kind of just slammed my laptop shut and went, <laughs> it sounds extremely childish now while I'm saying it, <laughs> but I just stormed out of my lounge room uh, and I was just fuming around the house and I ended up kind of just like punching the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I was just so frustrated with uh, with so many things. So uh, that helped a little bit, and now my hand is sore. But uh, yeah, I give myself. I've recovered somewhat, so I'm I'm up to a three and uh, trending trending upwards. So there you go. Okay, that that's good. I mean, actually, th there's one exercise that I thought we're we're going to do at the end of this episode, but maybe now is a good time to to start with that because what one of the things that I found has really helped me um, kind of regain perspective and and get back into a good headspace has been um, this daily practice of gratitude of mm -hmm. things that I'm really grateful for and just to so what, what I try to do as part of my morning routine. Um, and if I remember also in the evening, but definitely as part of my morning routine, kind of before I start working, I sit down, I just say out loud all of the things that I'm grateful for, because it doesn't really matter how shitty the situation is. Um, whilst it's going to be really difficult to turn a terrible day into a great day within a few minutes, just thinking about things that you're grateful for is going to change your mood automatically. So how about we start with that? Let's talk I'd, about things I'd, we're grateful for. I'd be, I'd be all in on, on that. Um, so why don't we start with you, Silvia? Are, sure. are, are we doing three or four things that we're grateful for? Is that, yeah, let's, is that let's do works? that. Let's, yeah, I think all that's right. good. Awesome. So I'm very grateful for, um, and we just talked about this. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm, I'm actually very grateful for the fact that season five of Queer Eye is now out on Netflix because it's such an 
uplifting show that, you know, within every single episode, I sit there crying and laughing at the same time <laughs> and just makes me feel really good to watch it. So I am I grateful like, for that. <laughs> I like that. And, and I'm not too proud to say that uh, my wife and I started season one yesterday. Uh, and I, I actually feel the same way about that show. So I'm right there with you on that one. Yes. So a definite recommendation to your listeners. If you don't know Queer Eye and you want to feel good at the end of a shitty day, that's the one to watch. Um, something else I'm really grateful for that I've started now probably a couple of weeks back and that's really changed the way that my days are going, not necessarily the days, but certainly the way I feel about them, is I'm forcing myself to get up at 5.30 in the morning to go out for about 30 or 40 minute walk. And um, whilst it's really difficult to get up that early, um, it's just, I'm just so happy when I'm out there because very often, uh, you know, when you know, I've, I've got a normal working day and I, at the moment, we're all working from home, but I may not leave the house otherwise for two or three days just because there's no need to. Just, just to get out and be in the nature that has made such a difference. Nice. Are you Nordic walking? <laughs> I've given up on Nordic walking, nah. I've got to say. <laughs> I'm just, just normal, normal walking, no more Nordic. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, that's really great. And, um, and then I'm also very grateful for one specific TED talk. I think it's about 15 minutes long and it's this emergency um, doctor that talks about a strategy on how not to get overwhelmed in the emergency room. And I have actually applied that to how I deal with my emails and that's really made a big difference, but I can talk about what exactly that is um, a little bit later. But yeah, mm. so those are, are my thoughts. And like what it. are you grateful for? Well, you know, it's interesting you um, you bring up this little technique because uh, now that our four-year-old um, is, um, I guess, uh, competent and coherent enough to have good dinner time conversation, I've mm. deployed a... Um, family tradition here uh, that my parents did with my myself and my sister when when we were growing up was uh, we can oh can you still hear me yeah I can hear you again yeah. you were gone for one second yeah so uh, so I've deployed this uh, tradition where we sit down to have dinner together um, and uh, we have to. We have to say three things that uh, we were happy with or went well during the day. Um, and this was a this technique that my, my dear mother really put into effect when she used to pick me and my sister up from school because we would sort of jump into the back of the car and immediately start complaining about all of the things that <laughs> <laughs> didn't go well that day or that we hated about school or whatever it might have been. And she said, you're allowed to tell me all of those things so long as you tell me three things that did go well and uh, you did uh, did enjoy. And um, so anyway, that uh, tradition has started. And so, um, yeah, broadly speaking, uh, one of the things that I'm grateful for is time to be able to do that with my family. Um, and that has been one of the, uh, the, the more positive byproducts of 
being forced to work from home and all of that is is the time that we've we've been able to have together. And by extension, uh, I think naturally as a parent, I am very grateful to have you know healthy, happy children um, who are sort of a, obviously a big source of my personal inspiration, um, uh, but also you know provide a lot of very positive distraction in my life. <laughs> so, so there's one. Um, I am also very grateful um, that in the midst of what has been a, just a hectic, wild few months with COVID and working from home and um, the, all of the situation that comes around with that is very grateful to have uh, solid and gainful employment <laughs> and mm-hmm. I realised that, you know, that um, might sound a bit facetious and there might not be people who listen who you know, find themselves in a situation that's, that might not be the case and that's uh, you know, in our position we've seen that be the byproduct of this for mm-hmm. you know, too many people which is, which is yeah. sad so you know, I'm grateful uh, that, um, that I have that in my life and, and then lastly you know, I've just started to reconnect with um, with friends and family properly now that uh, restrictions have started to be lifted. And I just I had uh, breakfast on Saturday morning with you know my two best mates here in Adelaide. It was the first time that I'd seen them in person in I don't know three or four months. And we would usually not go a week or so without kind of catching up and see each other. So um, that was uh, terrific. Very, very grateful that we're able to do that and and to have good friends. So there you go. Nice. Excellent. And on on that last point, whilst you were not able to do that, so whilst all the restrictions were still in place, did you sort of use video conferencing and phone and so on to do that? Mm. Or did it just kind of fall asleep? Yeah, which... We tried on numerous occasions. So firstly, um, they are not in similar industries to what I work in. And so the idea of video and voice conference is just not as natural to them as it is to me. Um, Mm. And so I think we kind of forced our way through it a few times and uh, it just didn't kind of feel natural. And I think we got to the end of it kind of glad that we had caught up and chatted, but maybe equally as frustrated that it wasn't as good as it normally, normally yeah. is, I think, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, I've, I've had much the same experience. Mm. So, uh, so here's to, to more cheers and beers in person, I reckon. <laughs> I like that. That's very true. Now, have you also found, so my experience, particularly, I don't know, the last probably two, three, four weeks or so, um, is that accurate? Well, probably the last three weeks, I'd say. So sort of March and April were just these, I don't know, this storm of just a lot of shit happening every day mm. and you're just trying to get through it somehow and uh, and keep your sanity and but I personally didn't feel like okay you know I feel like I'm I've got great control over anything and I'm in a position where 
mm, you know, I, I necessarily feel like I know exactly what needs to be done at every point of the way. And that kind of led to me feeling a little bit lost. So mm. um, I think what, what has really contributed to me feeling a lot better now is that I've been able to kind of regain that, um, that focus and take back control. Mm. Have you had a similar experience? Mm. Yes. So thinking about this earlier and I've, I've found that personally it's been a lot easier without the normal kind of constructs that we have around our lives to get distracted um, mm. without the normal frameworks that you'd normally expect to have that kind of keep us on some sort of guideline, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and for me and you know, also for my team, um, it's almost always, sorry, it's almost never um, bad distraction as in coming from a, you know, either procrastination, procrastination mm -hmm. or uh, some other sort of slightly negative place. Uh, and it's all been quite well intended. Um, but yes, yeah, so on a personal front, I have found myself having to go back to some pretty old school techniques of kind of writing a list um, on a daily basis and, and getting through that list with the satisfaction as well that comes with just checking, mm. checking off a list. Um, uh, and some of the things that I've had to put on that list have been quite basic. You talk about getting up and going for a walk, like I've put on the list make sure you move today, man. Like, get out of your chair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we're on, we're on video true, right yeah. now and you and I have been from a work sense on a lot of video calls recently. I'm sure you're getting very familiar with the painting in the yeah. background because <laughs> I don't move <laughs> from this seat very often. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, I think focusing on the right things. I think at the best of times, in our super high-paced, high-paced uh, professional lives, his focus is kind of paramount. Um, is we can all fill our days being busy um, uh, at the best of times, but it's about prioritizing what that is. And, and now I've found that's sort of even more important. And from a management perspective, and I'm not sure whether this is the same for you with your teams, is that I've just found myself really questioning more and more are uh, the people on my team, uh, you know, still focused on the same things. We still catch up on at the same frequency, but it's all online. And so you miss a lot of the nuance, I guess, about what's going on on a daily basis that mm. you might catch in person. Um, and, and then you start to see the results of people not being focused. Um, mm -hmm slowly kind of creep up through the woodwork. And, um, and so I found myself having to have more and more um, intervention style conversations to stop things happening that you can see sort of slowly unfolding. And um, you might have the benefit of that 10,000 foot view and see where this potential train is going to end up versus where it should. So I'm not sure whether it's been the same for you with, uh, mm. not just yourself but with your teams as well yeah I think that's a really interesting observation and um, now thinking about it yes so when I think about my team um, then I think that 
because so for for my team it's slightly different than for years because I, I don't see my team on a regular basis as it is. We're all, you know, in all corners of the world, basically. So I'm very used to managing a remote team. But I would say that um, due to this very unique situation, everyone being stuck at home and also not being able to interact with, um, with their regional teams as they usually would, um, what I have seen is that there is there are a lot more uh, disconnects than we would usually have. Um, and the, the way that, that I end up seeing it is basically by looking at the results. And that's kind of when I start drilling down and thinking, okay, where's the problem? Like where's, where's the, mm. the needle in the haystack that we now need to find to kind of fix it. So, and it tends to come down to focus again, focusing on the right things because there's no doubt that everyone is working their butt off. It's just like, what, what are you keeping busy with? Right. What are the things you focus on? And I think also, I guess, you know, taking into consideration that, um, some people also have to figure out the childcare situation. And actually that that's been a new one for me because I was, um, very lucky in that I've had a lot of help, uh, sort of in the first three months. And then now only recently, only the beginning of the month, we've all come back together as a family to live in one house. Mm. Um, but there's no childcare available now. So when my husband goes to work and luckily he's, he's working shifts. So we kind of figure it out between us, but we've had a few situations where, you know, it's been me and, and my daughter on a conference call. And, and mm -hmm. that's been an interesting experience, I have to say. So, and, and it's almost novel to do that, uh, you know, for, for a few times, that's, that's mm -hmm. okay. But if I think about people that have to do that, you know, every day just to get by, yeah, I don't know how they manage. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had, you know, half naked or, or fully naked children running around yeah. in the background. <laughs> For sure. Um, on video conferencing as well. But um, yeah, no, really, um, you know, it's always uh, reassuring to a certain extent to hear that, um, you know, you're not the only one you know, who's struggling with these ideas of focus. And I don't know, I've mentioned on our on other episodes of our podcast time and time again, that, you know, the most basic principle that I think applies in so many different kind of areas, and this is no exception is, is really coming to terms with what you can control and what you can influence versus mm -hmm. what you can't. Right. And um, for me, you know, especially today as I was like super frustrated and getting really riled up about, you know, three or four individual things that by themselves really weren't <laughs> uh, a big issue, but, you know, they start piling on top of each other is, you know, let's start just reverse engineering these things and understand where they might be coming from and, um, and then focus on what I can actually do to, to influence that situation and where, and, and where do I need to just admit to myself first and then whoever else it might impact that, this is, this is not the forum. This is, I'm not the person. Um, this is not the way that we're going to, to tackle these issues. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a really interesting point, very topical um, right now. I think um, I'd love to finish our little mini episode by hearing a little bit more about your emergency doctor um, 
<laughs> mindset that you mentioned sure. at the top. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's really simple. Um, basically, she explains, and there's probably a lot more to it, but this is what I retained from that episode. But I, I will find the TED Talk and kind of link it to, uh, to our uh, podcast so that people can actually um, view that uh, that episode it's it's really good so she basically talks about um what they learn i guess in med school uh, about how to handle cases that come into the emergency room because you can't treat everyone with top priority and urgency because there's just too much going on so immediately when someone comes in they categorize it as red meaning needs immediate urgent attention amber which means you know it's it is important or urgent but it may not have to happen this second green which means you know it's it's okay it needs attention but it's you know remains to be seen whether that's today or tomorrow and then there is also black for the cases where you know there's all hope is lost and therefore in the emergency room they need to understand not to focus on that at all because if they were to focus on a black case that may impact um, their ability to save other lives somewhere else and i've applied that principle to my emails now and what for me is black are things that would very likely lead into a complete rabbit hole and where i need probably two or three hours to look at the case which i would then uh, schedule um specifically for that uh or things you know which just don't have any relevance at all um so what i try to do is whenever not whenever things come in but at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day um I look at the emails that I've received during that day and then I categorize them. And um, then the next day I will, um, I will deal with them accordingly. So, and I found that very helpful and not, not even from the perspective that I'm able to deal with everything in whatever time frame I, I would wish for, but more from the perspective that it gives me peace of mind to know what dangers are in my inbox and what I need to be aware of. So it's really about that, about having a sense of awareness and control of, you know, all the adventures that you have to deal with. Mm. Yeah. I, um, the whole inbox thing is you know, a topic that we could probably spend hours talking about because, uh, you know, so much of our lives get caught up in, in <laughs> yeah. these inboxes. So. Uh, but yes, so my, my sister is a, uh, a nurse on like the emergency ward at our children's hospital here. And, uh, I just keep thinking to myself, thank God for people that actually fix people, right? You and me, yeah. you know, we're, we're fixing emails and yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, and ultimately it's a, it is a nice, good little bit of perspective just to remember that, uh, mm -hmm. usually, usually in our sphere of work we're not dealing with life and death and uh no. I'm very there's another thing i'm grateful for people that do but um yes but yes i uh i find the same thing happens in my mailbox um but i've come to terms with this and it's almost like like a distillation process uh, where all of the emails come in and the really easy ones you can just sort of skim off the top and mm -hmm. and be done with it uh, then you've got sort of the midterm ones that might sort of brew away for, you know, a couple of hours or even a day or so. 
um, that need a bit of thought. And then there's sort of like the really heavy sediment <laughs> of the mailbox that comes in and it sort of sits there in its dark, gloomy sort of spot. But um, <laughs> I have found that subconsciously, I found a way of managing my mailbox as well that allows for that to happen. And I think subconsciously you start to solve these mailbox problems or the, the items within the mailbox that have been sitting there for a while that might take a long time to fix or come to terms with or f- figure out a plan around just by having them sitting there. And so sort of a little reminder and little ideas sort of form and um, solutions start to form over time so that, you know, by the time you get to them, um, you know, you've got, I've got sort of a pretty well considered response or action item around them and and obviously that item then disappears out of the mailbox at which point one of the sort of medium uh, items sort of has taken its place and it starts to brew away there as well and um, the challenge obviously is making sure that uh, you don't live and die in your mailbox I suppose but um, but yes yeah. very uh, I, I like it it's a nice parallel to draw between the, the triage of a of a hospital and the triage of our daily lives so um I've really enjoyed our uh, our short little um, spot on focus today, Silk and gratitude. I think they're two awesome, awesome things for uh, for us to take forward into the rest of our week. So uh, I uh, I appreciate your insights. And yours. It's been a pleasure as always. And um, yeah, until next time. We will talk to you soon. <laughs> bye bye. Talk soon. Bye bye.